Hello, patrons. It's Rose again. Um, welcome to the bonus podcast. This is the bonus episode that goes along with this week's episode of the regular show called Ghost Bot, which is the last episode of The Body's mini season, episode five out of five. Um, so as you heard in the episode, the main thing that I cut out of this episode is a joke that James's dad, or I guess his dad bot, told. And so I'm just going to give you that first because I suspect that that's the thing that you're most interested in in this bonus episode. Um, So here is the joke. It is not like uh, offensive in like a racial way or anything like that. Otherwise, to be clear, I would not play it for you. Um, It's just like a little bit gross and a little bit PG-13. And I do try to keep the main episodes of the show um, classroom safe because I know that teachers do use the show in classrooms. So that is why I did not play it for you. Um, It is not offensive in some of the ways that dad jokes from a certain era can be offensive, particularly white dad jokes. It's just kind of like gross. (laughs) So just to be clear, you don't have to like worry about that. Um, So here's the joke. Well, there's this school teacher who believes that spelling is extremely important for kids to do. So at the beginning of the semester, she tell the class, I think spelling is very important. And one way to practice spelling is to, uh, when I call a roll, I want you to spell your name. For example, she says, my name is Sally Smith. And if my name were called, I'd say uh, S-A-L, Sal, L-Y-L-E, Sally Smith. S-M-I-T-H, Lee Smith, Sally Smith. Class kind of stunned. She said, oh, uh, oh, for example, you, uh, uh, James Flahos. If, if your name was called, uh, and I were you, I would say J-A-M, there's your jam, E-S, there's there's a James. Uh, V-L-A, there's your Vla, there's S-Vla, there's a James Vla. H-O-S, there's a host, there's a Vla host, there's a Vla host, there's a James Vla host. Class goes, oh, wow. So then you, uh, uh, Mary Brown, and she goes, M-A-R, there's a mirror. Y, there's a Y, there's your mirror Y. B-R-O-W-N, there's your Brown, there's your Reed Brown, there's your Mary Brown. Teacher says, excellent, excellent. Now it's your turn, Archibald of Sobra. He says, I'm not going to do it. Archibald of Sobra, I told you you had to do this. I'm not going to do it. She says, if you don't do it, I'm going to take you to the principal's office, and you're going to get punished. He says, okay, if you're ready for it, here it goes. A-R-C-H, they got your arch. I, they got your eye, they got your arch eye. B-A-L-D, they got your ball, they got your eyeball, they got your arch eyeball. A-S-S, they got your ass, they got your bald ass, they got your eyeball ass, they got your arch eyeball ass. H-O-L-E, they got your hole, they got your asshole, they got your bald asshole, they got your eyeball asshole, they got your arch eyeball asshole. B-R-I-K-E, you got your book, you got your whole book, you got your asshole book, you got your bald asshole book, you got your eyeball asshole book, you got your Archibald asshole book. <laughs> that is a ridiculous joke. It's a very dad joke. It really is. It really you is. He's told it so many times that he can like speed through the whole thing. This, believe it or not, like this is like he was midway through the summer of whole brain radiation. That's like the slow version. Do you hear there's some little stumbles? Like he he used to be able to rip through these things even faster and smoother than that. Same thing for like his his Gilbert and Sullivan patter songs. Like he just he really could he could reel off the words. Okay. Um so this episode was obviously about, you know, ghosts living on in algorithm form after you die. And um there are so many 
places that this shows up, the storyline shows up um, in a ton of sci-fi. I mentioned Black Mirror on the show. Um, people have pointed out on social media that there are a lot of other examples like Marjorie Prime and the podcast Life After. Um, I always struggle with episodes like how much to say about these other versions of these like sci-fi versions of these futures. Cause for every episode that I do pretty much, there is at least one or two examples of sci-fi writers sort of considering these questions. Um, the same was true for the body swapping episode. People brought up altered carbon and like there are a million examples of various sci-fi ideas. And I never quite know, like, should I just have a section at the top where I'm like, yes, this is in like this, 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 and this. Um, because inevitably if I don't mention something, people will tweet, at me or send me a message on Facebook being like, I can't believe you didn't mention, you know, altered carbon or whatever it is. Um, and like, yeah, like I'm not always aware of all of the different versions and all the different sci-fi, but I generally am like kind of aware of them. And I don't always, yeah, it's something I think about a lot for every episode where it's like, okay, which of these things do I like have to mention? Um, and which ones do I, can I kind of just not mention. So, um, so that's something that I think about a lot on the show. Cause it, it, you know, at some point it's not very interesting to hear like a laundry list of other sci-fi that has talked about this question. But I also know that if I don't do that, then like someone will tweet at me with like some example that I missed. So that's something that like happens a lot. Um, and it's nobody's like fault. I know people are trying to be helpful and I'm not, it doesn't annoy me. It's just a thing that like comes up and happens a lot. Um, so this was the last episode of the Bodies mini season. Um, as you've heard me talk about on this bonus podcast before, you know, this mini season thing is new. Um, I'm still kind of experimenting with the format and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I know that many people really hated the snow globe intros. People seem to like these intros a little bit better. Um, we don't have to like litigate whether snow globe was good or not. I do just want to say for the record that like, Part of the point of the snow globe is that like it's a little bit cringy and it was supposed to be a parody of something that I think is like a very dark and horrible future, which is the ways that capitalism will continue to profit off of climate change, even as we all like die in fires or from food scarcity or whatever it is. Um, and so some of the feedback I've gotten about the snow globe, about it being like horrible and dark and like hating the whole premise is like, yes, that's like kind of the point. And maybe, maybe it was too effective, um, at like bringing up those sort of like negative feelings in people, um, because that's what people seem to be, re seem to be reacting to. Um, but I do think that like this particular mini season was a lot sort of, um, smaller in scope in some ways, but bigger in other ways. Like the earth is such a huge topic, right? Like I did five of them, but you could do, you could write a hundred books about the earth. You could write a million books about the earth probably. Um, and same goes for bodies. You could write a million books about bodies. Um, but the earth is like a huge thing and bodies are these like individual smaller things. And so I wanted the intro to feel these mini season, like sort of mini scenes at the top of every episode to feel really intimate and to feel kind of smaller and quieter. Um, and that's sort of why I wound up landing on this idea of following this group of friends over the course of, you know, a couple of um, decades to kind of see what how they change over time, how their relationships change over time. And these people who like really deeply care about each other and kind of have these interesting lives that um, sort of intersected in this moment in college. And then kind of they all went their separate ways, but kept in touch. Um, and so, you know, that only works to the extent that it did work because the actors that I worked with were so great. And so I just want to once again, shout out how good the actors were for this mini season. Um, 
Um, Kara Rose DeFabio, Rotimi Agbabiaka, Xandra Ibarra, Eller DeGray, and Keith Houston were like incredibly great and easy to work with and lovely and just kind of really breathed life into those characters. Um, so yeah, so that's been really fun. And it's been a fun challenge for me this year to kind of have these linked episodes. So all five of them obviously link up in some way, which has not been the case in the past for these future episodes or sort of future scenes. They've all been sort of random and they can be whatever. And there's like limitations to that, obviously. Um, but it's been really fun for me as a challenge to kind of figure out like, okay, how do I make these feel satisfying and feel unique and feel sort of um, narratively interesting and also kind of feel connected across the season. So I hope that for this one, you did get kind of connected to the characters a little bit and kind of care about what happened to them. Um, I also think that this season, this body mini season, one of the things that I think a lot about for the show in general, but particularly for this season, was trying to kind of offer an antidote to kind of the normal narratives you hear in the world of futurism about the body, right? That like, we're all going to become like cyborg, superhero, inspector gadgety type people. And I wanted to kind of push back at those narratives and kind of think about other ways that you can think about this, even if you're thinking about the same kind of question, like body modification and body enhancement, but look at it from sort of a different perspective, whether that's from like a trans perspective or a disabled perspective, or like some point of entry that you don't often hear in the world of futurism. So I'm like, pretty proud that I think this season, this little mini season, um, kind of achieved at least like bringing in new voices into those conversations. So um, of the 22 guests that I had over the course of the five episodes, only four of them were white guys, 36% of them were people of color, you know, 20% of the guests on this mini season were disabled, 20% of them were trans or non-binary. And so these are like voices that you don't often hear included in conversations about future and about the future and about bodies and all about all of this stuff. And so I think that like having a space on this show to maybe open up those conversations and, and take them in different directions via these sort of interesting voices who don't generally get phone calls about this kind of stuff has been really fun for me. And I hope, you know, rewarding in that I hope that it makes these questions that maybe you've already thought about in terms of the future of the body feel new and different and kind of maybe you think about them in a different way. That's kind of the goal of Flash Word in general. But I think for this particular season, it was really important to me if we're going to talk about the future of the body to not talk about it from like a really straight, cis, white perspective. And I, I think, you know, obviously you, you folks can be the judge, but I think I sort of achieved that at least in the sort of guest demographics, which is really important to me. And I do track that for all of my seasons and for all of the episodes. Um, it's really important to me to know where I'm standing and where people are being invited and where I might have gaps in sort of representation. Um, so that's sort of a little bit of um, behind the scenes on like what I think about when I think about booking guests and when I think about whose voices I want to include and, you know, how to make something interesting and how to make something feel new. Um and so for the next mini seasons, I mentioned in the episode, but the next mini seasons I'm looking at are things like crime and power and trust are kind of three big ones I have on my whiteboard where I scribble out ideas um, for the crime mini season. You know, thinking about like, you know, if we if we go to other planets, do we import all of our sort of like messed up criminal justice ideas to Mars? Like, do we have cops on Mars? Do we not? Can we use those sort of new spaces to rethink what justice looks like? You know, what are some of the crimes of the future and what are some of the crime solving techniques of the future? Um, that is absolutely my like shameless attempt to capitalize or maybe ride the true crime wave in podcasting, which is like incredibly popular um, and was even before Serial, but Serial really like kind of took that off. Um, 
I will admit that personally, I really dislike most true crime content, both in podcast form and otherwise. I, I find it often like very exploitive and gross. Um, and so, I, you know, my version of crime and the crime theme for this podcast would hopefully not be that. I think I'm very aware of like what some of those tropes are and where where the line maybe is. And so you're not going to get like a serial from me. You're not going to get you know, a, a true crime, like I'm, I'm tracking down the killer and I'm going to like interview all these family members and you're not going to get that kind of thing from me. Um, but you might get sort of a critique of that or a critique of like what we, how we consume crime and like what that does to the future of crime. I think those are questions I'm really interested in. Um, the other mini season theme that I have been thinking about is power. So like, yeah, like I said, literally, like what if we had unlimited power? Like what would that be like? Um, alternate sources of power. Um, but also things like, you know, who gets power, who's in charge, what does the future of capitalism look like? What if there was a future with no money? And so like money was no longer powerful. What if, you know, um, we had no open borders and there were no, you know, ice didn't exist, you know, these sorts of power structures that exist in the world. Like what if we turned them on their heads? What if animals got legal rights and they actually became sort of like citizens? So those sorts of questions. Um, I think both are interesting. It's, I mean, I could obviously do both. I have, you know, two more mini seasons left. The other one was sort of about trust and who we trust and how we determine trust in the future with things like deep fakes and facial recognition and that kind of stuff. Um, so, so I'm thinking about all these things and, and I will be, you know, ruminating on them all in the next couple of weeks to try to really get started on a bunch of episodes for the next mini season, which starts in August, which is actually really soon. So, um, so I'm a little bit, um, worried about making sure I get them done in time, but August 13th is when the show comes back. So you'll hear from me again then. Um, and you'll also hear from me on the bonus podcast in between now and then. Um, I am currently this week, actually, um, I'm a little bit scatterbrained, which you might be able to tell in this episode. And I'm a little bit exhausted, which you also might be able to tell as I like kind of deliriously ramble at you, um, because I am currently um, at this fellowship at UC Berkeley, which is for people who um, it, it's called the Food and Farming Fellowship, the 11th Hour Food and Farming Fellowship at UC Berkeley. Um, they basically uh, take 10 people who've pitched ideas about food and the food system and kind of give them this intensive week of um, help with their pitches and then also help over the next couple months and report them out and help with editing and all this stuff. And it's really cool. It's a super incredible opportunity. I'm really thankful. Um, I do feel a little bit like an imposter in this room. So this is like 10 people. I am one of 10 people in this fellowship and almost all of them are like food reporters. Like they report on food and agriculture. It is their beat. And I am obviously not a person who reports on food and agriculture as my primary beat. So I am sort of coming in from left field from this like weird futurism angle. Um, and so, you know, there'll be moments where they're talking and they'll, they'll like name drop chefs or some or organizations. And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So it's been really interesting. It's been really fun. Um, these things are always very exhausting. It's like you're going all day. It's like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, all day, like talking and workshopping and brainstorming and all this stuff. So I'm like very brain dead, um, super sort of exhausted and frazzled. Um, and uh, I still have tomorrow and Friday to sort of finish out the week of this fellowship. So super thankful. It's really incredible, but it is like very mind melting um, in the best way. Um, and then on Friday... After I have a whole day of this fellowship, I leave for a very long, well, not very long, I leave for like a 10 to 15 day trip to Malawi um, in Africa. 
Um, my partner's uh, best friend lives there and we are going on vacation and we're going to go see Malawi. I am really excited. I've never been to any part of the African continent, like not, not none of it. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of go see it, um, to see this sort of very small chunk. We're going to go to Lake Malawi. We're going to go to all these places. Um, so I will be out of touch um, for a lot of the rest of this month. So if you are part of the Facebook group or part of the Slack, uh, the book club Slack, please just like be nice to each other while I'm gone. I'm not going to be able to check very often. Um, and so I hope that nothing bad happens. I'm like, I have slight paranoia that like, I don't know. I don't know what bad would happen. Y'all are wonderful people, but like you never know. Um, so I'm a little bit paranoid that like something weird is going to happen and I'm not going to be able to like step in or whatever. But, um, but yeah, that's what's happening with me right now. Um, I, after I stop recording this, have to go back to working on this fellowship stuff. So I will leave you with that. Um, uh, the next you'll hear from me is probably an interview with Angela Sani, who is the author of Superior, um, which is the book club book for June, which I will be listening to um, on very long bus rides via audiobook um, while I'm bussing around Malawi. Um, and uh, I'm going to interview her that last week of June and or the first week of July, and um, you'll hear from me then with a with that episode. I might drop another bonus episode in the feed, um, depending on you know what happens and how things go. Um, and until until then, uh, that's when you'll hear from me. And then after that, August thirteenth is the next episode. So um, it might be a little bit before you hear from me again. So thank you all so much for listening to the podcast and also listening to these bonus episodes. One interesting thing is like Patreon doesn't really give me any like information about whether anyone downloads these episodes or listens to them. So um, I don't really know if any of you are listening. But uh, for those of you who are and have made it to the end of this very long and rambling uh, bonus episode, thank you very much. Um, I, I really appreciate your support. And um, it, I say this all the time, but it is honestly true that Patreon is literally the only reason that Flash Forward exists, particularly right now. I've talked a little bit about the ad sale situation. And like, if I did not have Patreon, Flash Forward would have ended at like the end of this mini season and I still have a bit of a runway to keep going because people donate to the show. Um, so I can't like overstate how amazing it is that you all give money. I like don't really know how to appropriately thank you. Um, but hopefully these not very good mini episodes, bonus episodes or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. So thanks so much for listening. Um, and, uh, I will talk to you all soon. Okay. Oh, secret. I'm supposed to tell you a secret at the end of the episode. I always forget. Um, so to go to Malawi, you need um, some vaccines and some sort of like travel medicine stuff. Like you get, you want to get stuff for malaria. You want to get stuff for typhoid. And in some situations, you need a yellow fever vaccine. So if you're just traveling from the U.S. to Malawi, you do not need yellow fever because yellow fever is not in Malawi, but it is in sort of surrounding areas. Um, but we are actually going to Malawi and then we're going to go into Zambia and then we're going to come back to Malawi. And Zambia does have some yellow fever. So to get across the border from Zambia to Malawi, you generally need to show that you have been vaccinated against yellow fever. Now, uh, there is a shortage currently of the yellow fever vaccine in the United States, um, or at least in California. I'm not actually sure if it's the, all of the U.S. And um, this year's yellow fever 
the vaccine is what they call contraindicated, which basically just means that like it doesn't really work that well. In the same way that like some years the flu vaccine is really effective against that strain of flu, flu and in other years it's not. That's sort of the same thing with yellow fever. Apparently, I have been told by the doctors at our doctor's office that this year the yellow fever vaccine is not super effective against yellow fever. And because there's a shortage, our doctor's office did not want to give us the yellow fever vaccine. They basically said like we don't have it and we're not going to give it to you. Um, and so uh, what they did give us was a piece of paper that basically says like, you know, we are exempt from having the yellow fever vaccine. They've got it stamped with like an official stamp. And in theory, we're supposed to show this at the border of Zambia and Malawi and, you know, like hope that it works. You know, whether this will work or not, honestly, I have no idea. I mean, like, does a border guard at, in Malawi like know what a official stamped paper from Kaiser Permanente in California, like, does that mean anything to them? Like, I don't know. Um, and so we had talked a little bit about, like, does this mean we might have to bribe them to get back into Malawi? And we were, like, nervous about it. Um, and then, of course, also, I had this piece of paper, which is our ticket to get back into Malawi from Zambia, like, this paper that says that I don't need the yellow fever vaccine with all the stamps on it. And I managed to spill a can of Diet Coke all over it. So it is now covered in Diet Coke and drying and hopefully the Malawian border guards will accept this Diet Coke stained piece of paper from Kaiser Permanente uh, to let us back into the country. So if you don't hear from me uh, in the first week of July with an interview with Angela, I might still be in Zambia <laughs> and can't get across the border for some reason. No, I, I, it will be fine. We'll figure it out. I'm not actually that worried. But um, that was like a very dopey moment where I managed to spill the most important piece of paper, to build Diet Coke on the most important piece of paper that we have. Anyway, that's my secret uh, that I am a klutz. Um, shock, surprise. I know. Um, so yeah, I will, um, officially talk to you again in the first week of July, um, with that interview with Angela and then uh, maybe a bonus episode after that, just, you know, to tide you over between then and August 13th, which is when the show's back. So until then, bye. <laughs>